0: Hi, this is Donna Otto and we are modern homemakers and I have a smile on my face and a giggle in my heart as we continue our Theme this year of listening for learning and love. And I have a joke. I think I've ever told. I, I don't t- tell jokes very well. My husband, if I say in an audience of, you know, dinner party, I've got a joke, he, he, he puts up his eyebrows like in fear because he knows I'm about to be busted. So here's my, uh, I guess it's a what's up joke. Why are mountains so good at listening because of all the mountain ears, ears, you know, two ears. I suppose if you have to explain a joke, it's not very funny, is it? <laughs> the mountains are good at listening. Well, I want to finish this topic that we started the last time we were together, and that is exhaustion. That we are an exhausted people, and because of that exhaustion, We have a hard time hearing one another, and I read through um, what Ruth Haley Barton recommended as seven ways that we experience exhaustion in the 21st century, and I'm finishing them up today, so you'll have to go back and listen to the first part of uh, the podcast, which is called Exhaustion Keeps Us From Hearing, Exhaustion Keeps Us From Hearing, So today I want to look at a few more of these seven. Number four, we have few or no boundaries on our service and availability to others. This one is so accurate, a place in my life. I wanted people to love me. I wanted people to care about me. I wanted to encourage people. And I guess I think I wanted people to love me, and I wanted to serve people, and I had the gifts of discernment, and so here I am. What am I here to do to discern with you and for you? And I think what Jesus would say is, if you have a gift of discernment, and if you believe you want people to love you and serve people, as I did, that he would say what he said to his disciples, come away and rest a while. Come away And rest a while. Now, that always sounds like it's in in the wrong order. How can I serve people if I'm going to come away and rest a while? Now, all of you are listening, know that you've been on a vacation, you've had a quiet Sunday, you're starting something, and you feel rested, you've had a good night's sleep, maybe the babies have finally stopped crying in the night, and you're getting a whole night's rest. It's then that you start something and you feel that you're rested, you're going to approach it in a way that has more productivity, more usefulness to God, more usefulness to one another. The nonstop pace, which can be very addicting, it can be useful because we get much done, but there's little time for him and little time for you to be together with him. It is a hurried and harried pace, going from one good thing to the next good thing. I can remember when paper planners were much more in vogue than they are now. I can literally remember being with a group of women and pulling out our planners, pulling out our planners, trying to set a date. And I was one of them the more often I could say, oh, that's not good for me. Oh, no, I'll be traveling. Oh, no, I have a meeting. And I can still remember a time when I was aware of the fact that we were all just one-upping one another by making ourselves look more important because our calendar was so busy. That was a sign of importance. I don't think that's a sign of importance. And I don't think it's a sign of importance anymore as I did once. Mm the people pleasing part of us doesn't allow for boundaries. And I think for me, the beginning of setting a boundary, although I didn't call it that, was when I began to set a time of Sabbath rest. When I X'd out a day in my week, every week that I did not do anything that looked like accepting an invitation, hard work, leaving the house, driving the car, talking on the phone, using my computer. I just shut down. It took a long time for me to get in the habit of it. It took a long time for my friends to recognize that I wasn't available on that day. But I think that was where I began to see the profitability of setting a boundary on my life, of resting and eating well and praying and spending quiet time with the Lord, Jesus's invitation was to protect, come away, come away. It was his invitation to keep healthy and sustainable lives for his disciples. They had just begun to do the ministry they were being called to, and they were so excited and they were doing it so often and so frequently. and he said, "Come away. Come away and rest. And I think that coming away and resting a while will help us. We won't be as exhausted and we'll be able to hear better. Eating and resting are probably the two most important things to change the culture that we live in. Not only because obesity is on an epidemic run right now, but because when I'm eating well and I'm resting well, allows me to be with God. I bring the very best to every situation, not the very worst. Not the very worst. Five, we're weighed down with unhealed wounds from the past, unresolved tensions, and toxic relationships. Toxic relationships are easy to get into and hard to get out of. Um, I think it defines us when we recognize in your own soul the very people who incite a riot within you. Whenever you are around them, you turn into a crazy woman. Whenever they get near you, they, they just push their buttons. <clears throat> and I think being able to recognize that. And some of you are going to say, that's my child. That's my son-in-law. That's my grandchildren. That's my husband. That's my mother. And you say, how do I get away from relationships like that? I don't think you get away from them. I think what you do is learn what it takes for you to be the best you can be when you're around them. And when we come into relationships that are difficult, exhausted, it, it does not bode well for the net results. Secondly, uh, grief. We are in various stages of grief all of our lives. We grieve things, and most things we grieve, we grieve for a lifetime. I've repeatedly said this because I think it's so often left unsaid, and, and if anything, it's encouraged to get over it. Get over it. Let's get over it. We don't just get over grief in our life we learn to live with it we learn to adjust it it's it's less pervasive we lose someone we love and the first week we think we can't breathe and 10 years later we recognize that on special days um, that we had relationship with that individual we can actually get up and go about doing our lives grief that lasts a lifetime hurts that are unresolved And they continue to be wounding to us. Uh, I think this is an entire section in life of understanding what forgiveness looks like. The difference between reconciliation and forgiveness. And where we fall into relationships. Uh, The scripture very clearly tells us that we are to be at peace with all men as much as is possible within us us. Now that has nothing to do with the other person, the person who's wounded you, the person who's done a terrible deed against you. This has to do with me. I have to be at peace with all men as much as is possible within me. Now that doesn't mean that that person and I can be reconciled. We cannot be reconciled because it takes two people to reconcile. But I can live with that person by offering my forgiveness for whatever stuff has gone on between us. Unresolved stuff takes a bite out of our lives. And so I recommend to you to look into some of the disciplines that include silence and solitude and sabbath and retreating people say to me i can't retreat what could i retreat well i was just with a young couple who have never been on a retreat either one of them but they were describing to my husband and me that they give each other they have four children under the age of nine And they regularly give each other, regularly. Like I I didn't say how often, but regularly was their word, a few hours away from the children. He takes the children, she takes the children. They do a lot of parenting together, but they regularly give. And one of the things that he loves to do is something she doesn't love to do. And so he goes off and gets on his mountain bike, and he goes. And he doesn't have the kids, and he doesn't have her, and that is time for him to recharge himself, and she does the same. So maybe it's not a retreat and going to a retreat center and practicing silence and solitude and Sabbath and all of these things. Maybe it's just giving to each other in your marriage relationship some space away from each other and from responsibilities and from the children. Six, information overload. And this is amazing to me. I'm always um, struck with how much... I try to keep that information away from me and how much I still have. Um, If you saw the front page of our website since we've begun um, podcasts this fall, you see a pile of books that I read this summer, Information Overload, uh, yes, I think so. In some ways, I love to read, and I love to read in the summer because I have more freedom to do that. And it is part of my work because I prepare for the next season's speaking and podcasting. I think I'm more intent about information that doesn't do us any good. Um, beeps and bleeps and all things computer and all things Watch phone. What? What? What are you? What is the phone called? Your phone, iPhone. Your, I guess it's an iPhone. That's your watch, and it's connected to your phone, so you never miss a text, an Instagram, a beep. That may be the information overload that's making you exhausted. By the time you get home from work and had all that information. Put into you, you are exhausted. How can you possibly listen well to your husband and your children? So, could I just recommend a few small things? If you work every day away from home, on your way home, and today so many people are working from home, but before you disengage from your work and re engage with people in your family, take a 10 minute hiatus. Just sit for 10 minutes and twiddle your fingers. Calm your soul. Take all the information and all the conversations and all the data and all the emails you've sent and written and read all day and set it aside and prepare yourself in the ride home or 10 minutes before you engage again with your family. I am known for being a woman who has said to other women take 30 days off from reading your Bible. They, they, just, they just freeze up. Like, don't read my Bible and don't read my Bible every day. It took me years to learn to read my Bible every day. You know, we probably have, as my friend would say, more doctrine available and more doctrine in ourselves than the Apostle Paul did. Really. Take a break. Give yourself a break from studying and reading and podcasting and learning. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a rest from information that exhausts you. And lastly, and we talked about this already um, this season in our podcast. If you did not hear our September 27th aired podcast on willfulness or willingness, and uh, we talked about being an ing or a fool. Well, what makes us exhausted is that we are willful. We are willful. I impose my ideas. I create and stick to my own agenda. I control myself or die trying to control myself, my life, and others around me. Sometimes this looks like I'm just getting things done. But sometimes it looks like I'm forcing my will on myself and on others, and that is exhausting. It's exhausting. I'm forcing myself to improve, to have financial gain, to change a child, a friend, or a husband, instead of resting myself in how God made me and what he wants me to do next. Hearing from God. We've already talked once this season about what it means to hear from God through the word of God. We're going to talk much more about what it looks like to hear God's voice and react and respond to it. We're constantly trying to rearrange reality. God is the person in charge. In reality, it is something we all must come face to face with and accept it and fall in line with the fact that we are not in charge. But God is in charge, and he does a much better job at running my life than I do. And I can attest to that. So I'm asking you to consider these seven places that we allow ourselves to get so exhausting that we can't hear from God and we can't hear from one another. Listening as a servant is the way of life that God has called all of us to. And I'm glad to be a part of the challenge here at Modern Homemakers. We are Modern Homemakers and we're glad to be so. We hope that we are encouraging you this season. Please go to our website and find all things that sing and dance there, resources, videos. uh, Our podcast archives is growing, and we'll soon have some, uh, excuse me, some items that we always have available during the Christmas season. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of doing nothing.